2017, South African retail was booming. It was growing year on year, surpassing 1 trillion rands in sales. That equates to over 30,000 rands per second being spent across the industry, and a large portion of those sales would have happened in a shopping mall, of which there are over 2,000 in South Africa. Then, 2020 happened. The National Coronavirus Command Council has decided to enforce a nationwide lockdown for 21 days with effect from midnight on Thursday, the 26th of March. That 21-day lockdown was extended and extended and extended again, all due to a globally devastating virus that put massive strain on the retail sector, with the lockdown causing non-essential shops to close for months on end. Initially, Panic buying ensued with consumers quick to snap up all the toilet paper, canned foods, cleaning products, and hand sanitizer. But eventually, as the pandemic wore on, people came to their senses. So when lockdown restrictions started to ease, the retail space looked a little different. Operating with many regulations to try keep shoppers safe. Attack with its nine malls across South Africa and three in Waterfall, including the impressive Mall of Africa, had to act quickly. And they did. In this episode of the Waterfall podcast, I chat to Jackie van Niekerk, CEO of Attack, and Michael Clampett, Head of Asset and Property Management retail at attack about how they were going to adapt so quickly the steps they put in place retail trends in general growth and expansions new and exciting shops and what their malls are getting up to this holiday season Jackie, as the COO, I want to start off with you just to be able to set the scene around what Attack is doing in the retail space. In your words, what is Attack's role when it comes to the various shopping centers you have in Waterfall? Attack is a REIT that we listed on the JNC Stock Exchange. We have got nine shopping centers that we own or partly own, of which three of those shopping centers sit within Waterfall of which the biggest shopping center we own um, in our portfolio is Mall of Africa, which really is the the center of attraction. And I would almost say the darling of Waterfall at this stage is, you know, the, the super regional shopping center Mall of Africa. And our role in Waterfall really is to provide, you know, a centerpiece of community, you know. Um, and, and that's really the vision and the purpose from an attack point of view is, is creating and building communities. And, and we really feel that the shopping center is the center pivot of the community we are developing in Waterfall. And it's also, you know, developing a a city for the future. And then also we provide um, convenience factor shopping within Waterfall being um, Waterfall Corner and Waterfall Lifestyle, which really is your pop-in and pop-out shopping centers more focused on the convenience factor for the residents in the Waterfall City precinct. Michael, I'm sure you do a lot of research into the likes of retail trends. So you can speak to the latest retail trends that you have. Firstly, what have you seen about consumer behavior in your retail centers at Waterfall over the last few months? 
As Jackie mentioned um, earlier, we own nine shopping centers in the portfolio. So really there's a, there's a perspective that we have inside Waterfall and then there's also sort of a macro uh, perspective that we have across the country, obviously owning these assets in towns like Stellenbosch and George, Bochestrum and Pretoria. And the first thing that I noticed really was that regions reacted differently. And so, you know, maybe it was the people or, or the way that the region felt about the lockdown that impacted their behavior. Uh, but certainly uh, the first level of, of changing behavioral happened on a, on a regional level. Then if we look at, you know, the size of shopping centers, what was really interesting, and this is very pervasive across the country, was people preferred, you know, from the first odd lockdown period to go to smaller centers, what we refer to as community or neighborhood type centers. Now, in Waterfall, Corner is a very good example of a neighborhood center. And certainly that's very logic. Uh, if you consider, um, you know, it's quickly in and out. Most of those centers don't have paid for parking facilities. And also if you really want to go to only a grocer or only a pharmacy, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And so on, on, on Waterfall itself, we really saw an, an immense amount of spend shifting towards Waterfall Corner, specifically the Woolies, the Checkers, the Clicks at Waterfall Corner. And, and obviously we've lost some spend at Mall of Africa being, being much larger and really forcing people to walk through a bit more. Also what we have in a lot of our, our retail malls is we've got the ability to anonymously have a look at where mobile devices travel. Um, so not specifically looking at the individuals behind the mobile devices, but just the device number itself and how they travel through a mall on a shopping visit. And what was very evident was that pre-lockdown at Mall of Africa, a mobile device used to visit nine stores on each shopping journey. And in October, that number only sits at three. So that means that there was kind of a, a permanent adjustment while we in this, let's call it pandemic phase, where customers' behavior has changed and they definitely don't visit or browse as many stores as they used to uh, pre-lockdown. And we think that should continue for a while to, to go. Wow. That is incredible to see that you have so much information um, at the ready and that you can tap into. But to also speak to your clients and your clientele, you really aren't big brother eye in the sky trying to scare people, but you are using this information to enhance their shopping experience, correct? That's correct. Yeah. So certainly maybe just to qualify the statement for clarity, it's, it's not so much about an individual, but it's more about collective behavior, right? So we want to understand what behaviors were exhibited prior to a certain event uh, and what, what behaviors uh, transpire now. And really that's in the collective. So if we see that a bunch of mobile devices used to stop at the lower level, but today they shop at the top level, you know, we kind of want to understand why that happened. And, and then we want to understand if we can change something in our retail centers to, to also change that behavior of that device. So really, it's very interesting. And I think it also helps us a lot with our decision making uh, when we look at, you know, actual behaviors prior to the decision and then, you know, behaviors post that decision. Awesome. Jackie, since we are chatting numbers and trends, I'd like to pick your brain around this. You know, at the beginning of lockdown, we saw a lot of people panic buying. There were memes galore about people stockpiling loo paper. <laughs> Let's get to the bottom of that. Uh, we've read that people have been purchasing specific categories of items during lockdown. Are there any notable buying patterns that you've been observing? It was incredible to see the behavior change and it was almost a forced behavior change because we were forced to move. 
And um, everything went a little bit online, you know, work online, school online, studies online. So that definitely translated in a change in spend. So your your Woolworths, your checkers, your essential, you know, providers, you know, um, did very well, especially in the beginning, people panic buying. And then we see it translating into the food category. I don't know if you remember, people couldn't find yeast because everyone was baking their own bread because they had time at home to bake bread, which also just again changed the change of behavior and spend. We've also seen that electronics has been quite a significant year over this time. Once again, tablets, children needing to, you know, convert to an online schooling, people working from home, you know, you need headsets. So that has been quite a trend, but we've also seen that trend prolonging both, you know, the lockdown levels easing up that electronics. People have really um, invested kitting out their houses, their home offices. And then the last thing we've definitely also seen is the home improvements. And I think where you, again, are more residing at home, people are saying, you know what, I need to fix this or I need to paint this wall or I need to fix the garden. Where people are really starting to spend their money where they've been saving of not, not going out and, you know, not shopping so much clothing. They've really started spending their money more into home furnishing and home improvements. Having said that, I think this lockdown has been the first time in my life that I've actually purchased a tracksuit because I've been working from home all the time. So we've definitely seen the athleisure, informal wear, also starting to to show some good growth in our shopping centers. But, you know, it's all linked to the behavioral change and the movement change of people. And as Michael also said, is we track and we see people where, um, you know, they've had less visits. Um, and also the basket spend per visit has been, you know, increased. And, and how we look at basket spend is much the footfall divided by the amount of turnover that we generate throughout our shopping centers. So as Michael said, if the people have visited less, but once they visited, they are spending more, you know, buying the essential goods and the home improvements. <laughs> Got you. Jackie, I'm very surprised that you waited this long for the official lockdown uniform, though, which has been sweatpants. <laughs> Michael, um, the retail sector overall has had to be particularly strict in terms of adopting hygiene measures within their environments. This is what a lot of people have been pedantic about over the past few months. Can you tell us about some of the measures that Attack has put in place? Yes, yeah, we had almost an immediate, uh, let's call it internal response, and then there was an external response, and there were, you know, two very distinct trains. So, firstly, I think our operational teams did a phenomenal job, and really they were our front line towards the end of March and April, and they had to design standard operating procedures for all our malls, and specifically for Waterfall, you know, Waterfall Corner and Mall of Africa, under each level of lockdown. So, they studied what that meant, they studied, you know, which entrances should be open, closed? How do we make sure people sanitize before they got in? And, and they were phenomenal in implementing those physical plans. But I think from a from an external point of view, you know, awareness was very key to us, especially in a stakeholder community like Waterfall. And we made sure that we communicated on all the channels that were available to us to give the, the shopper comfort, explain to them firstly, you know, which stores were open, which weren't, what were the protocols that we required when you come and visit one of our malls, and updating you on trading hours, or if something changed in terms of the way that you expect them all to trade, we made sure that we communicated that on all the available channels. And I think, you know, that, that stood us in good stead. Also, a big lesson that I personally learned was you have to talk to your customer often enough and then learn from their responses. So a great example here was, you know, by June, 
we kind of had a couple of focus groups and we realized that a lot of the shoppers got used to wearing masks and sanitizing and they were trained in what to do and how to handle themselves in malls. And, you know, one of our standard operating procedures was playing a message over the intercom system at Mall of Africa, advising people to wear their masks, put the masks on. And really the customers told us, we kind of have COVID fatigue now and you don't have to tell us over the, the mall speakers that we have to wear masks. You know, please, can you just play some relaxing music? And we changed the process to make sure that that experience is a better one. So I think it's like learning, responding, um, and making sure that from a regulation point of view, we also complied. And I think I'm very proud to say that at Waterfall, you know, we haven't had any transgression of a regulation, nothing pointed out from the authorities. They do visit us often. They do come and check often that we maintain to all the protocols. Uh, and certainly, I think uh, feedback from most of those authorities were that uh, we've done a fantastic job. So, Jackie, this question is coming to you. I've heard you speak a number of times about attack having a very strong core focus on customer experience. What's the importance of that from your perspective? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I think um, for us, customer experience and, and providing a, we call it a remarkable experience at every touch point with attack is, is the core focus of our business. You know, we as a team, you know, in fact, what is, what is a great experience for our shoppers, you know, also for our tenants? You know, if, if we don't sell space, we don't have a business. So it's vital for us, um, you know, have a detailed focus on our customer experience and making sure that our customer is happy and remain loyal because that's what we want is we want loyal customers coming back to our shopping centers and enjoying the space that we provide for them. So our focus in our customer space is creating basically a community. And we're saying our community is a, you know, it's a physical mall space. It's the city we're building. It's, you know, physical space that we provide. But then we've also got virtual space and Michael and his teams are, are really focusing a lot on how do we create loyalty in a virtual space as well for our shoppers, you know, to create that additional loyalty for them. But if you enter an attack shopping center, it must be an easy experience. It must be thick. It must be clean. It must be frictionless. And that's a big focus that we, it's almost focused back on the fundamentals. But also in our shopping spaces, we want to be innovative. We want to push the boundaries on the type of tenants we, you know, we seek and engage with. We think out of the box. We create landmarks. The two African statues as you enter the waterfall city, the Mall of Africa is probably one of the most popular Instagram posts and selfie moments in, in the waterfall city. It's just really creating these moments of where people can actually just enjoy the city. So, and again, that comes back to how we build our city that we um, be part of. Our experience must talk to all ages from, you know, entertainment to kids to making sure that our elderly people are safe and they feel safe to enter into our shopping spaces, especially now with what the pandemic and COVID has has brought, you know, the, the safe component of our spaces. And then with all of that, you know, I think it talks to also to our culture is when you engage with the TAC um, in our shopping centers, with all our service providers, you know, we, we really bring an element of empathy and humanity and the way we translate our, our customer experience. So it's a big component of our business. And also we're very proud in how our teams are, you know, conveying that message and also living the value of bringing a great customer experience in our malls to ultimately get shoppers back and bring loyalty. Michael, I hear that there is an interesting digital project on the line here that you're working on. So firstly, I, it is very evident that you never rest on your laurels here. Can you give us a bit of information on this? 
Yeah, so I'll do it at a high level. Uh, see our side. Don't want to steal the thunder of the, the marketing team once they launch this properly in the public domain. But certainly one realization that we came to internally is that to a large extent, the relationship between a mall or a landlord and customers was always a very physical one. So customers would visit a mall like Mall of Africa, have a great experience, as Jackie mentioned, in the physical. So be that a clean mall, a safe mall, everything works properly. But certainly there was no interaction after that. And what we've realized uh, is that we need to digitize these customers. So although they are in our physical spaces currently, uh, we'd like them to join us on a digital platform. And really the intention of that is that we can extend the services that we offer these customers in that digital realm. You know, the, the intention is certainly to team up with a lot of other loyalty programs that are in existence. I refer to it as the loyalty economy. And if you think about something really, really simple like paying a parking ticket, if you portray a certain behavior like potentially shopping at three different stores at Mall of Africa, we would like to give you free parking. But we could only do that if you're part of our digital community, right? Because then we can understand your behavior. So our intention really is to add extra services to make your life more convenient when you come to Mall of Africa. You know, we surveyed some customer focus groups and 72% of them said, you know, we love all the fancy wayfinding equipment you have in the mall and it works, but we would actually love to navigate, you know, on our mobile devices. So we're going to put, you know, on mobile device navigation on the solution we've created. So certainly to a large extent, uh, some of the solutions are customer centric and we've listened to what people want. And on the other side, um, there's some things that we, we really as a landlord want to provide uh, to the customers and through this uh, new digital platform that we've developed, we hope to achieve that. So currently we're busy with some internal testing. This festive season is a really, really busy period for a lot of our retailers. So we don't want to place them under more stress and give them more burden in dealing with our platform, but we're really going through a rigorous internal testing process. And uh, so early in the new year, we, we hope to make this uh, public and official Maybe at that stage, it's a good opportunity to come and talk to you again and uh, and explain to you exactly what this is and maybe how that can benefit the wonderful community. And so, Michael and Jackie, whether it is digital, whether it is in person, what something like Mall of Africa represents is creating a community space. So can you talk to us a, a bit more about that and what the intention is with that community space? It's interesting. It, it, it also depends on your definition of community. Now, if you have a narrow definition, let's maybe say it's about the retailer community. You know, we're very proud of a three-year relationship that we've concluded with the SA Fashion Week where, you know, not only are SA Fashion Week going to, you know, host their quarterly or seasonal shows with us, but also we've created an incubation environment where young designers and fashion entrepreneurs get the support, not only from us as a landlord, but also from it's a fashion week with regard to inventory control, marketing, all of that. And, and the aim really is to support this entrepreneurial fashion community and make sure, you know, that they, they can become successful. So when it's the customer community, you know, Jackie referred to the selfie moments earlier. I certainly think Mall of Africa lends itself to that. And we've certainly seen a lot of interaction on social channels, you know, by people simply interacting with our spaces. And I think it's also because Mall of Africa is not just a mall, right? So, We've got the town square, which, as the name would suggest, really should be the, the center point of this town or the city. And it's a place for people to gather. The waterfall park is next door to the mall, really extending, just being an extension of the mall. So I think there's a lot that this mall offers over and above just a place to transact. And certainly it could be a place for people to come and gather, meet each other and socialize. 
So looking towards um, November, December being the festive season here in South Africa, firstly, Michael, do you think people will be staying home this year or now that we're in a slightly more informed position, we can go out responsibly? And then secondly, what does Attack and specifically Mall of Africa have planned for its clientele within the festive season? Uh, without uh, reposing that question to UCR, maybe I'll just answer it in, in the first person. So certainly after being at home for a couple of months, I'm not adverse to spending November and December in shopping malls, spending some time outside of my home. So certainly from that point of view, I do agree. If we do it responsibly, we can visit public venues like malls. And also I think we've learned a lot in the last few months uh, in terms of how to do that. Certainly at Mall of Africa, we're preparing for that, and there's a couple of exciting things. You know, not only are we opening new stores, and maybe if I can just quote a couple of examples, you know, Gap is coming in December, Gary Rom Man is going to open, uh, Kuai is opening in November. So we've got a lot of new brands, and for those that like some additional ice cream, Paul's Homemade Ice Cream, you know, should open in November. So from a shopping point of view, there's going to be new brands that customers would like to come and experience. But then from an eventing point of view, Mall of Africa has teamed up with Universal Studios, and we're very excited about that um, and all the events that we're going to partner with them on in December. And certainly, I think you just have to follow the Mall of Africa social channels for some specifics on those events when they are released. There's also a, a make-a-wish and win competition. You know, come to Mall of Africa, take a selfie with our, our gift set boxes, uh, and certainly, you know, there'll be an opportunity for you to win something by doing that. So look up for extended training hours. Once again, mentioning it earlier, being responsible during this time, we've extended the training hours from the, the 11th of December with the view that if we give people the option to shop over a longer period, uh, hopefully we can nullify to a large extent some of the congestion and people do need to come and do that last minute festive shopping. So those are all the measures. We're expecting a good festive season at Mall of Africa and hopefully everything that we're planning for uh, does come to fruition. Great stuff. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Waterfall Podcast. To listen to all the episodes, make sure you download the Go Waterfall app if you are a resident or work in Waterfall. For everyone else, new episodes will be made available a month later on cliffcentral.com, the Cliff Central app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.